and welcome to The Coach Approach. What is The Coach Approach, Gabs? Mm, Good question, Amelia. (laughs) The Coach Approach is um, Amelia and I are going to do these episodes in between our guest episodes every other week. And we are using them as an opportunity to talk about something that is coming up for us in our coaching practices, a theme we've seen emerging uh, with guests, or a chance to answer some questions that you guys have got about pivoting in your life. And we might bring on a few guests to talk to us about something they specialise in in their coaching practices as well. So quite a different format for these ones, um, where it will be a, a lot more of us and what we do for a living and what we see in the wider world as well. Uh, so please do get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us some questions. Give us a topic to discuss. Let us know if you fancy coming on and joining us. Like, we're up for it. These are not formal interviews. These are our musings, our ponderings, our tete-a-tetes. Gabby, another coach approach is upon us for our new season four. Very excited. Indeed. But I just want to bring into the room a conversation before we jump in, because Gabby's getting married next year now. (laughs) And before we jump in, I just want to congratulate you. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. It's such good news. Thank you. It is. It's very exciting and expensive. That's what we were just talking about before we got on this. I was like, isn't this the most beautiful way to talk about what we want to talk about today, which is Mm. the power of our thoughts? Yes, yes. (laughs) This is one of, certainly one of my favourite topics in coaching is how powerful our thoughts really are in impacting us day to day. I don't know You're where right. I was going. I don't know where no. I was going with the wedding thing, but oh, I actually I think I'm making a link in my head, yeah. which is I was so excited. I'm telling you how excited I am that I'm getting married, and and then I bring into the conversation the thought that wedding invitations that I've just googled cost four pounds an invite, and I've got 160 guests, <laughs> and suddenly I'm like that thought makes me feel anxious about the wedding and how much it's going to cost. Mm. nothing's changed the wedding's the same so I've told her to save the money on my invite and to put that fully towards champagne (laughs) that is good I'm thinking I'll get in touch with all the friends that won't care and say you don't need an invite do you this whatsapp message will suffice that's fine (laughs) I think this is a really interesting topic because we often think so we wake up it's raining I wanted to go for a run this morning. I never leave the house. This is my only opportunity to do it. Now I can't go because it's raining. I'm in a bad mood for the morning. Whereas Ryan down the road has an allotment and has to go there every other day to water it when it's not raining. So he wakes up, it's raining and he's really happy. I think it's very easy for us to blame the rain for my bad mood and his good mood. But it's not, it's what we think about it. It's the fact that I thought it meant I couldn't exercise. I thought it means that I'm going to not leave the house that day. It's not the rain. No, it's never the rain. It's funny, actually, I was reading something about conscious uncoupling. 
and Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Steve Martin. Uh, Steve Martin, no, <laughs> Chris Martin. Chris Martin. <laughs> uh, we're kind of famous for well, bring brought it to public's consciousness, and the author Catherine Woodward Thomas, she said, "Time is not a healer; we are." And we credit the passage of time for getting over things or grieving. Actually, yes, there is time that passes, but we change within that. What we think about the situation changes. And it, and it changes not over a long passage of time. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's basically true because I've been testing this theory. An emotion cannot last more than 90 seconds a pure emotion, it changes into something else. Now, if we truly understand that, that means we cannot feel the same about something for an extended period of time. There might be remnants of it, but it will be slightly different. There might be bitterness there now instead of sadness. There might be anger instead of sadness. There might, I might be sad and somewhat bittersweet. I might be sad and melancholy. I might be quite happy today, but we change all the time because our thoughts cannot stay static on one thing. Mm, that's fascinating, actually. And I really have tried to test over the last year since hearing that 90 seconds. I was like, really? Because I can be pretty rageful and angry if I ever see Trump's face, for example. But it doesn't, the burning in my heart doesn't last hours or days. I think what's interesting as well is that we feel powerless to a lot of this, right? Mm -hmm. We feel that emotions take hold of us or that our thoughts happen to us. Mm -hmm. And even, I mean, I'm not in control of mine at all, all the time, but the knowledge that we are not always totally powerless to it mm. is empowering in itself. Mm. And I think there is an element of this applies to most people in most situations. Some people are in, you know, the worst times of their life or dealing with the, the most upsetting things. And, and of course, that brings a whole new dimension. But in our day-to-day -day lives, as we go about things, I think it's easy to feel life happens to us. Yeah. It's something that we coach people in every day, like to be aware of the narratives that are in, in their heads. Who is it mm. that is, who we're listening to? Is it our saboteurs or our inner critics or our imposters, mm. as is common parlance? Or is it our inner leader or sage or in a mentor or just to notice that man I'm in a bad mood no idea why but I'm just in a really shitty mood and and look at the impact it's having on my day mm. look at how my partner is suddenly really annoying he's doing nothing but that's just the fact I'm in a bad mood means him being there is a problem mm. and that's not his fault this all in my head and he has no idea this is going on or I'm really happy and he hasn't picked up on it and it's you know we we expect people to literally be mind readers as well so not only are we victim to our thinking we expect others to know what we're thinking it's crazy isn't it really? yeah 
And when you really, really start to notice it, the more you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's me. Uh, that poor <clears throat> bugger. He hasn't got a chance. <laughs> I thought maybe I can leave you with an exercise that I think is really helpful to do when you think about your thoughts, which is notice the feeling you have. So I'm feeling anxious. Okay, what's the thought I just had? The thought I just had was, why hasn't my boss replied to that proposal I sent? It's not good enough. They think it's rubbish. They're disappointed. They've asked someone else to do the job. I'm never going to get given any responsibility again. And then question those thoughts. I mean, that is absolutely not a fact. If you asked one million people, would they agree with you that that's the reason that he hasn't replied to your email yet? If the answers are no, then try and put some other thoughts in. He's busy, not looking at his emails, can't be bothered to read it at the moment, thinks it's brilliant, wants to get back to you on the phone. You know, again, we have no idea what the truth is, but really noticing what's triggered that anxiety. It's not not getting that reply. It's exactly what you've just fed into yourself. I love that. I love that as an exercise. It's what we look at all the time, perspectives and choice. So what perspective are you in? Because you're only ever looking at something through one lens invariably. And there are multiple. I mean, Gabby, I think you just said 15 about one particular situation and the, mm-hmm. the outcomes of that. And so we examine what stories we're telling ourselves because our narratives create our thoughts, which create our realities. And if we're only telling ourselves one thing, then of course we feel this way, which of course means that our experience of life is this way. But if we can capture what we're thinking in the first place, the narrative there, then we can make different choices and we can have different experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And that in a nutshell is kind of what we do. This is why it was such a good topic for us today, I think. And believe it or not, that does not mean that we can always do that for ourselves. We are our own worst and best case studies in this. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I think we teach what we most need to learn. And that's (laughs) certainly my biggest learning, which I'll (laughs) take to my deathbed, I think. (laughs) Well, let us know if you try this. Or if this is helpful, yeah, please let us know. We'd love to hear. Yeah, and let us know if there's other things that you want us to discuss. Or join us for a discussion. We'd love to hear from you. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. If you liked the episode, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at pivotpointspodcast. Twitter at pivotpoints1 or email us on pivotpointspod at gmail.com. And if you want to work with us, we are Gabby Miller and Amelia Sabawal, and our details are all in the show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>